Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You saw the movie The Gladiator. It does nothing compared to what happened. It's awful. Wrapped in animal skins, and then they would feed them to these starving lions. They would take these lions and put them in a cage and starve them for weeks. And then wrap the Christians, your brothers and your sisters, wrap them in animal skins and feed them, send them out to the lions. They would dip them alive in hot wax and then take them and burn them at the, on, at the stake. It was Nero, nutty Nero, sick lunatic, megalomaniac Nero, who took Christians and dipped them in hot wax, stationed them strategically through his gardens, stripped naked, got on his chariot, and began to ride through his garden saying, you said you were the light of the world, then be the light of the world. And he burned them, and they provided lighting for his gardens. (laughs) Did you know? Those were your brothers, my brothers, and my sisters. They would crucify mothers. Saw the passion? Maybe you understand now a little bit more about the scourging and about the crucifixion and about the cross. They would take mothers and and drape and, and crucify mothers and then drape their babies around their necks while they were on the cross. And get this, sometime the Roman officials would write the name of Christ on the ground and or on the wall and ask the Christian to spit on it. And if the Christian refused, he was arrested, tried, and executed. Christians were suffering under the throne of Rome and they weren't afraid to confess Jesus as Lord. They were not afraid to profess Jesus as Lord. And it was Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, who said, I am not ashamed. Matter of fact, where where is it at? Read it with me. Read it with me, if you will. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now, you got to understand something. It was Paul the Apostle who was imprisoned in Rome and chased out of Thessalonica. He was smuggled out of Damascus and laughed at in Athens and called a fool in Corinth and declared a blasphemer and a lawbreaker in Jerusalem. He was stoned in Lystra and never once did he ever, ever, was he ever ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Paul understood something. Listen and listen close. Paul understood something that I think we forget. Paul understood that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Paul understood that God's word is powerful. We got so many Bibles in print. 
so many various translations, and so many various commentaries and comments, and anybody can write a Bible to tell you the truth. I mean, you take the Bible and then you add your notes to it, and you can call it the Rodney Finch Bible. What's so funny, y'all? Didn't, y'all didn't. And there's so many Bibles that people forget that this Bible, the words that are contained between these leather binding is the power of God unto salvation. You see, you got to understand something. This book is different than Harlequin Romance. You, you knew that, right? Say amen. Yeah, because see, those books aren't living. The New York bestseller, the books aren't living. John Grisham, he writes good books and they do good movies and all this stuff. And those books are great, but they're not living. Those books cannot save you. They can't provide you life. But this book, like no other book ever written and no other book that shall ever be written, is a book of power and a book of life. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my book, my word, shall never pass away. And this is what Paul the Apostle says. Don't you understand? The word of God is the power of God. In the Greek language, that word power is the Greek word dunamis. You guessed it. We have the word dynamite. In other words, God's word is dynamite. Every time I think of it, I think of J.J. Walker, man. Oh, J.J. say, dynamite. J.J. was cool, man. I was telling him today, I said, you know, all these sitcoms on TV nowadays, that, oh, that junk, you want to watch some good TV, y'all check out Good Times. Temporary layoff. <laughs> Is a credit ripoff. <laughs> God's word is dynamite. Powerful. And that's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. Well, Rodney, I don't know how to share. I don't know how to tell people about Jesus. I don't know how to get the conversation started. I don't know what to say. That's why I don't confess and profess and evangelize. And rather, I'm fossilizing, but I'm not evangelizing. And I don't know what to do. You know, you know what you do? You know what you do? You start saying what he says. All you need to do is just, all you need to do is use the word. Because see, if you use the word, it's not about you. You got to understand something. It's not about you. If you just simply begin to say what God's word, you'd be surprised the word of God just goes out in power. And people's lives are changed. And you know what happens? Like you'll start telling somebody about the Lord and all of a sudden all these verses will start coming back. And you'll go, man, I, man, I didn't even know I knew that. That was good, man. I should have I had that recorded. That was some good. Oh, man, I, I got some preacher in me. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm actually pretty good at this. And people start getting changed and people's lives are affected and people start knowing God all because God's word is the power of God unto salvation. That's why it's so important to confess him with your mouth and to, to use your mouth to publicly say it. Because, and that's important because when you publicly say something, it kind of solidifies and confirms what you believe as a Christian. That's why it's important to say it with your mouth. Because you're firming up and, and, and what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of your heart. That's why the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confessing with your mouth is a reflection of what is in your heart. 
And so true disciples are willing to confess Jesus as Lord, even if it means persecution. Can I encourage you? Go public with your faith. Go public with your faith. Very important that you do that. Then number 11, we got to move on. A true disciple understands Jesus needs to be your priority. Did you see that in verse 34 through 39? Jesus says, don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have come to, if you will, stir things up. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. He says, I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Maybe that explains it. (laughs) And Jesus goes on to say, now, if you love your father or mother more than me, you can't follow me. And if you love your kids more than Jesus, you can't be his disciple. Interesting verse. Taking notes, Luke chapter 14 In verse 26, a very interesting parallel scripture, it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not wear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's a very fascinating verse. Jesus says that you must hate your family. Now, when many people read this verse, it causes a lot of confusion. Some people say, well, you know, I have to hate my family in order to follow Christ. Man, Rodney, that sounds like a cult or something. But you got to understand something here. The word hate, it literally means, got a pen, to love less. It means to love less. It's actually a term of comparison. In other words, your love for Christ needs to be so strong that your love for parents, wife, Kids, friends will seem like hatred in comparison. So if you are going to be a disciple, your love for Jesus needs to exceed your love for anything or anyone. In other words, Jesus needs to become your greatest priority in life. Jesus needs to become your greatest priority. What's your priority? Is it money? Is it fame? Fortune? Big house, nice car, lots of education. Oh, these things are not all bad, but if these things are your priority and the reason you live, then they have taken the place of a God in your life. And Jesus says, I'll have, God says, I'll have no other gods before me. He wants to be your priority. The Bible says, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Man, if you had, a, if you had as much money as Bill Gates... If you had as much money as Donald Trump, if you had as much money as Oprah, but Oprah got a lot of money, y'all. You know you got a lot of money when all you have to do is put a letter up O and everybody knows who you're talking about. And she got a lot of money. But what would it profit her, Bill Gates, or Donald Trump to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? God wants to be your priority. God does not want to be prominent in your life. He wants to be preeminent in your life. Number one, preeminent in every aspect of your life. 
preeminent in your business, preeminent in your relationships. Guys, fellas, you have a girlfriend who's unsaved. God wants to be a priority in your life. Ladies, you got a boyfriend who's unsaved. God wants to be a priority in your life. When you wake up in the morning, make God a priority. Lord, good morning, Lord. You know, I mean, do we people do that, actually? You know, when you wake up in the morning, hey, Lord, good morning. How you doing? I mean, well, we know how he's doing, but I mean, you know, but good, good morning, Lord. You know, it's like in my house. How would you like it when your kids come downstairs? I hate it when my kids come downstairs and they don't say good morning. You know, you, you, come, you don't even say good morning. Excuse me, uh, hello, your breathing is absorbing my heat, eating my food. When you come downstairs, say good morning. Grunt, do something. Come down, Ugh. And I'll go, hey, good morning to you too. Say something, but it's kind of disrespectful if you don't acknowledge his presence. And, and the priority in our lives is when we wake up in the morning, Lord, what do you want? You talk to the Lord first. You talk to the Lord before you roll over and kiss your wife or say hi to talk to God. Priority. After all, you wake up in the morning and you go through your day, you're breathing his O2. The water you drink, that's his. Yeah, I don't care if it's bottled water. God gave the water. Amen, saints? So it all belongs to him. So we need to acknowledge him and priority in our lives. You know, I was talking to a guy last week and I was telling him, I said, he was, he was telling me that he didn't understand. I, used to, I always say that I, I don't mind if my wife, um, you know, has another man in her life. As long as his name is Jesus. And not Jesus. Okay. Because if his name is Jesus, I got to kill him. I, I, I got to kill him. I don't know. You got to. Somebody got But see, I don't mind if my wife has. An, I, I love it when my wife loves the Lord more than me. I, you want your spouse to love God more than you. I, I, I love it because my wife encourages me to love God more than I love her. And I encourage her to love God more than she loves me. You see, it's actually pretty selfish. I'll tell you a little secret. Promise to tell everybody. It's just a little secret. See, if I can understand and get my wife to love Jesus more than she loves me, guess what will happen? Then she'll start loving me because she loves him. And she'll start loving me and making me all the nice food I like (laughs) and being nice to me, as she always is. So it's selfish. How many times have my wife been, because she loves the Lord so much, and encouraging me to go love the Lord? Encouraging me to, you know, Rodney, go to church. She didn't, my wife never mind if I was in church a long time and didn't pay attention to her and all of these kind of things. She never mind that, ever. She was always saying, Rodney, go, go. It's even times, you know, I've told you, I didn't want to go to church. Can you believe it? The pastor didn't want to go to church. But I didn't want to go to church. And I was, I'm tired. Now, you know, I'm, you know, years back, you know, I don't feel like going to do this. She's like, no, you need to go. Why? Because she loved the Lord first. Because the Lord was a priority in her life. And the Lord needs to be a priority in your life. Number one, first. And true disciples, they understand that. Jesus needs to be the priority. Number 12, a true disciple is someone who carries his cross. Did you notice that in verse 38? True disciples is someone who carries their cross. Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross, you cannot follow me. Now again, a lot of confusion as to what it means to bear your cross. Some say my cross is... My cross to bear is cancer. 
or my cross to bear is arthritis, or my cross to bear is a lousy job and a lousy boss, or my cross to bear is an unsaved husband or unsaved wife or a noisy neighbor. People say, oh, that's my cross. I'm bearing my cross. Listen, that's not your cross. That's life. (laughs) Amen? That's just life. That's not your cross. You see, in our culture, we have completely lost the image of what the cross truly represents. The cross that Jesus bore was ugly. It was made of wood. It was a cross of shame and a cross of pain and a cross of embarrassment and humiliation. The cross that Jesus hung on was an old rugged cross. You see, when we think of cross, we think of the kind of cross that we wear, which is made of gold and studded in diamonds. I was talking to a guy last week. He had a big old cross. He had the bling bling on, y'all. It was the bling bling. It was a, it was a cross. I was like, oh, man, how you doing? Oh, I need shades, man. Your, your bling bling is bling blinging. A big old cross, big old gold chain, and like, bam. I was like, oh, okay. And see, that, that, that's the cross. Well, a cross hanging around your neck is pretty, but a man hanging on the cross is not so pretty. And Jesus hung on the cross. You see, the cross and the message of the cross is a message of death. You see, a message of death. So bearing your cross means to die to yourself or to die to your desires, your wants, and live for others. It means to cease to make yourself the object of your life and to live for others. Jesus is saying, if you want to be a true disciple, you must carry your cross. And then our last and final point. If you can't get the rest of them, you're never going to get this one. A characteristic of a true disciple is he shall receive a reward. Did you notice that in verses 40 through 42? Jesus says, if you give someone a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord, you'll be blessed. If you offer someone a drink, you'll be blessed. If you give someone a prophet's reward, you will get a prophet's reward in return. If you give them a, give a righteous man's reward, you'll receive a righteous man's reward. You see, rewards are the benefit and the blessing in serving the Lord. You see, the benefit and the blessing... Is the reward. What is the reward? The reward is heaven. You see, as true disciples, as we continue in the things of God and continue in his word, our reward is heaven. And someone once said, well, you know, I I don't serve God because of the rewards. I'm like, well, I do. Absolutely. The reward is heaven. You see, I've given my life to Christ because I want to go to heaven. I've given my life to Christ because I don't want to go to hell. So heaven is the reward. Peter talks about the fact that we as believers in 2 Peter, he says that we're going to have an abundant entry in the everlasting kingdom. In heaven. When we get to heaven, it's going to be a party. Did you know that? I love the party. Party hardy, man. Well, like Christians are boring. I'm like, I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not because I like the party. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was telling them in the first couple of services a couple of weeks ago, went to the marriage retreat and, and it was awesome. And when the Saturday night, we, we all got all dressed up and we had this big banquet and it was just beautiful. Elvira and I got there a few minutes late. And when I walked in, you guys, I felt like I walked into the kingdom of heaven. 
because people, it just was beautiful. People were all dressed up and people were having a great time. And, and I walked in and I saw all kinds of people. There were black people and white people and Asian people and Indian people and people from all over the place. And, and, and people were enjoying each other and fellowshipping with each other and talking and hugging each other. And I thought, I felt like I walked into the kingdom of heaven because the Bible says in the kingdom of heaven, every nation and tongue and tribe of people will be gathered in the kingdom of heaven, worshiping the Lord together and fellowshipping with the Lord all for eternity and eternity. And when I walked in and I saw people hugging each other and loving each other and all dressed up and looking all pretty, I said, now this is heaven. And people, Elvira and I were singing this song and this couple got up and started dancing in the back. And then you guys remember, and then all the other people start, a lot of people start getting up, dancing in the back, you know, and then we play some really upbeat music. We start doing an electric slide and, you know, I was like, oh, y'all don't want none of this. Oh, oh, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, you know. And it was so awesome. And everybody was dancing and I got my friends together and all these people. And I was like, oh, this is so great. And everybody has rhythm. Everybody. It's amazing. Look at those people. They all, everybody has rhythm. We're like doing an electric slide. And it was so cool. And I thought, and this is the way it's supposed to be. The Bible says when we get to heaven, we're going to participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's a big party, you guys. It's an awesome party. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And it's the spirit in the bride that sends out the invitations and he says, come, come, anybody can come. Anybody gets to come to this party. This party's not for the who's who. The party is for anybody who would say, Lord, I receive you into my life and I accept the invitation and I open the invitation and I receive you as Lord of my life. And when I die and take my last breath here on earth, I'm coming to the party. Would you clap your hands for the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Coming to the party, man. I love the party. And see, going to heaven is all about the rewards. And in heaven, we're going to have this. Ma- you ever see that picture where there's like this long table and there's food on it? And you ever see that picture? And it's like this endless potluck. I love potlucks. <laughs> You just go and you eat and you eat and you eat. Uh, The greatest thing about heaven, though, no calories and no fat. Low carb, baby, low carb. High protein, low carb. In heaven, it's heaven. What a wonderful thing. And as disciples, true disciples, see, if we can't get those first 12, we'll never really get to this place where we know that as you serve the Lord, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall weep if you faint not. You'll get a reward. You'll be in the kingdom of heaven. And someday, the Bible says, Paul the Apostle, he said in closing, I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the course. And therefore is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. And not just me, not not me only, but to all those who love his appearing. He's going to give you, disciple, listen, he's going to give you a crown of righteousness. He's going to put a crown on your head. And say, come on in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. This is the reward. This is the end for the true disciple. Commitment? Absolutely. Total commitment, Rodney? That's right. I need to confess him as Lord? Absolutely. And don't ever let the world tell you to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Amen, saints. Don't let the world do that because it'll silence you. In the Bible, I thank God that Paul the Apostle and all of the other disciples, that, they, that, their, that their faith and their Christianity wasn't private. Because if it was, we wouldn't be saved. It wasn't private for them. They went into all the world, just like Jesus said, and preached the gospel and told people of this great God and Savior who loves us so much. It's Jesus who died on Calvary's tree for you and for me. And then he said, now go further. Salvation is free. Discipleship costs. Now go and make disciples. And I don't want to be prominent in your life. I want to be numero uno, number one, totally preeminent in your life. And disciples, tell the world. Tell them. And then Jesus said, in John eight thirty one, he said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Hey, that's another point. A characteristic of two disciples, they continue in God's word. Stay close to this. Don't ever leave the word of God. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.